Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast once again. We're back here. It's round two. Round one is in the books. Round two on the season debutant first. It's Miguel Sanchez. He's back on the show. Migs, we missed you in round one. It's uh, it's nice to see you. Nice to hear from you. How's things? Yeah, thanks. Uh, obviously, haven't upgraded my mic over the off-season. Um, no, the Kmart mic's still going strong. Very good. No, very good. Uh, and a season debutant, and we mentioned this last week, we'd love to hear some new voices, see some uh, some pretty new faces as well on the field, off the field, and introducing now onto the show Long-time big footy poster, but uh, first-time podcast appearance. We've got Mop. Mop, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Good evening, campaigners watching. Good evening, campaigners in the podcast. Yes, there's a couple of us here, there, and everywhere. Uh, usual plugs. We're on Spotify. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Watch it live. Watch it delayed. Tell your friends. All that good stuff. Boys, let's just get straight into the footy. West Coast Eagles, 12 goals, 10, 82, were defeated by North Melbourne, 12 goals, 15, 87. It's a five-point loss in round one. Not the worst thing, all can, things considered, except for the fact that it was to pretty much the only team we all thought would definitely be worse than us this year. So uh, I'll open the floor, gents. Uh, Mop, if you want to lead us off, you can tell us generally what were your thoughts on the game? What were you expecting coming in? Did it did it meet up you know, with your pre-game expectations? You kind of went in with no expectations. Round one, you have no form. Pre-season, without, we only played the games here at home against mm. North, uh, Adelaide and Port. You can't really, you know, summer at home, you're not traveling. It's not an indication. We showed a bit against Port. We showed nothing against Adelaide. You know, <laughs> you average it out. What do you end up with? The game five itself. Five-point loss to North Melbourne. Five-point loss. <laughs> end up with a five-point loss to North Melbourne, to North. Um, the game itself, the first, first quarter was promising enough. And then I, I don't know. I, I, the game plan changed and we just fell apart. The second and third quarters is kind of the, the classic Eagles fade away. We just don't have the uh, talent in the sheds to be able to come back. Um, disappointing. And, and the, other, the other problem that I had that was took a little while to get over was how winnable it was. You look at uh, Gaff had a soft shot. Darling had a soft shot. Oscar Allen, that's not that brain fade he had. Any one of those goes in and potentially, you know, a five-point loss. Yes, the whole game changes, but you know, in theory, you got to win there. That's mm. That stings. The only consolation is that we're not going to make finals. <laughs> we never were. So we're not looking at the wins and loss column just yet. So that's okay in a way. You know, you don't mind the loss column when that's not maybe on the agenda, which I think realistically we all probably knew. But Miguel, it's only round one. Maybe North are better if we're hanging our hat on things. But the reality is, and you pointed this out on Twitter yourself this week. We came in with a little bit of intent, a little bit of intention to move the ball inside and maybe go quicker. Some really nice link-up play. I thought Jack Darling was one of the better players in terms of force-feeding it inside. But in that second quarter, and also until they found their feet sort of coming out into that third quarter, just 
what was it? We couldn't get our hands on the footy, and when we did, we were back to playing safe. Yeah, um, like you said, it looked very familiar. It was. Um, it looked very much like uh, like 2022 Eagles in that second and third quarters. Um, and, yeah, I asked the question on Twitter. Unfortunately, it wasn't one that got answered. But, um, yeah, it looked really positive. We had some really good link-up play in the first quarter. Um, I remember Gaff being involved with one, and the commentators pointed it out as well, where he sort of... You know, got the ball edge of the centre square and sort of whereas normally he'd just turn around and throw it on the on the boot pretty mm. style and actually stopped and um, waited for someone to run past him and fight out the handball and that probably didn't end up in a goal but it was a promising forward thrust anyway. Um, and yeah, just as soon as North Melbourne got a bit of a run on in the second quarter, we seemed to just abandon that altogether uh, and have, um, you know, yeah, just go back to, we, we couldn't pick apart there. Um, their defence, we sort of chopped and changed. The ball movement was around the back line was a little bit quicker than we saw last year, but had pretty much the same effect that we just couldn't find a way through and then ended up turning it over for a goal. Um, yeah, same old story. It was very depressing. I was um, I was on the verge of turning the game off when we were about 33 points down in the third quarter. No, uh, none of that. Very rarely, well, I very rarely do it, uh, and I was... If they'd kicked another goal, I was going to, and then we came back. So clearly the players took my threat on board. Um, <laughs> Found its way down there, and they thought, shit, we were to pull a finger here. Yeah. I mean, on paper, a five-point loss in the first round, albeit against a, um, a side that's struggling with, like us, uh, isn't a um, isn't a bad result necessarily for where we are, but just the manner in which we, we went about it was really depressing and... Um, yeah, I suppose we'll talk about the season from here um, mm. a bit later. But, yeah, struggling to see a way out of this at the moment. So uh, we've talked about a few missed chances that we left out there. And, and was the approach different maybe in patches? Certainly not in a sustained way. If we can inject a little bit of positivity, because believe me, we'll be getting back to some negatives in just a moment. Uh, Mop, how did you find the kids? We had Jinby, we had Long, we had Campbell Chesser as well. Hunt making his club debut, a nominal debut. Uh, some better than others, for sure, but a little bit to like there. And, and that is going to be very much the theme of the season, is finding these little gems and these little glimpses of, okay, maybe that game we lost, but we got to see Noah Long looked quite clean. We got to see heaps of tackles from Jinby, things like that. I don't think you can blame the four deputants in any way. No. Jinby was outstanding. I think he behind Hearn, he was probably our best player on the ground. He was consistent. The pressure was on. He didn't let up. Noah Long looks clean. He's, he's certainly mm. a good point of difference we haven't had. He's probably the player we probably hope Charlie Cameron was going to be. Charlie Cameron? Jared Cameron. Jared um, yeah, yeah. Cameron. He was probably, you know, that, that clean, quick, nimble little in and under mini forward that we don't think we've had for a while. Um, I go back and I think maybe Sampy were a punder the last time we had an actual quote unquote crummer. Mm. Maybe Ashton Hams, perhaps. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the great man. Campbell Chess. <laughs> the great man. Little man. Campbell Chesser. Now, everyone has an opinion on Campbell Chesser. I think it's a, uh, the fact he's even out there, you know, a lot of rumors preseason that he'd had a major setback that, you know, he's never going to make it on the park. Um, the fact he's out there is that's good. Um, I don't think you can drop up a guy like Chesser after one game. I don't think that does anyone any good. Um, and they probably just, my, my theory is they're rewarding the behavior. You know, it's been well documented that he, he busts his chops. Quarantine. He drove over. He isolated. He got injured, and he's kind of the anti-Jason Horn Francis, you know, best foot forward despite the circumstances. So, I think that's probably a reflection of why he's getting a game. Um, and 
well, I can give him to round five and then re reassess his fame in the in the first is the best thing for him, or if he needs to go back to the Magoos to see if uh, find his level. And then that leaves us with uh, what's his name? Hunt. Hunt. Ah, uh, Hunt. No one was especially happy that we got him, but we paid nothing for him. He's just just another number. And again, he he offers a good point of difference that I just don't think we have on the list. So uh, ticks all around. Uh, a couple of interesting things there with Hunt, which I didn't see too much of him at first. Nice couple of little moments here and there. But we actually pushed him up to the wing later on in the game as Chesser moved out of the wing spot. Chesser playing a lot of wing minutes early on, and then we sort of moved Hunt up onto the ball. Miggs, I think that's, you know, as, as Mott termed it, you know, a nice point of difference, having the ability to run guys off the wing for a minute, off half-back for a bit. We saw Shuey spend a lot of time off half-back and only come up to the centre bounces, what was it, 10 times, I think? 10 of the 28 centre bounces Shuey was at. So a little bit more of a rotation, which is what we've been calling for and it's something we were looking for pre-game. It's going to be very, very small positives like that, though, you know, looking at debutants and, and finding good numbers and things like that for us, Miggs. Yeah, um, possibly another one uh, this week with uh, Elijah, Elijah Hewitt possibly making his debut. Um, yeah, we'll just have to take those yeah, little glimmers, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to actually being at the game. Part of me is looking forward to being at the game um, on Sunday just to see live sort of what role they have Chesser playing and mm. I suppose to a, a lesser extent Hunt as well because um, both of those guys didn't see much of them on the telecast and, you know, um, watching the games on TV, if they're not immediately around the ball, it's sort of hard to pick up what they're doing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to to those guys actually watching them live um, from up in the up in the nosebleeds and, you know, seeing the role that they're playing, whether, you know, with Chesser getting six or eight touches or whatever he got, I thought maybe he was oh, doing yeah. that, that um, you know, the sacrificial red wing role that, you know, the Chris Maston role, um, possibly, but or maybe a high half forward, I'm not sure. But, yeah, uh, really quiet game from him. But I'm, I'm glad they're giving him another run at it because I don't think it's um, I don't think it's in his interest to drop him after one game. I don't think that sends the right message. Uh, centre bounce attendance numbers, I'm going to be all over these this year because this is what I want to see season long is how do we go about mixing in new faces and just adding to the midfield mix, playing six guys, seven guys through there because the, the four or five we played last year was not enough. Kelly had 19 of possible 28. Sheed had 19 as a midfielder. We'll come back to that. Uh, Jinby and O'Neill with 16 each, which is promising in a way. O'Neill, I thought, didn't do too much with his 16, but nice to see that they're getting him. Shuey had 10, as I suggested, off the halfback a lot more, which is nice. Jermaine Jones, pretty tidy game, and I think in line with what we've seen from him a lot. Two, he only attended two centre bounces, but get him more involved, get him up the field. Petch had two himself, which didn't do a lot with. He's been dropped. We'll get back to that later on. Uh, Chesser, zero, albeit several on the wing. And Andrew Gaff, zero, uh, albeit nearly exclusively on the wing. So That's a good sign. That's a good sign. Little things there. We'll track that throughout the season. Not a lot to go off with one data point. Mop, this one I know is near and dear to your heart, and I'll let I'll, I'll clear the runways. You can go for it on this one. So the Eagles won the centre clearances 12 to 10. <laughs> Here we they go. Lost, go on. Go on. They they lost the remaining clearances, the your stoppage clearances around the ground. Thirty-one to fourteen. What's that? Minus seventeen they were on those. So we were minus fifteen all up for the game, minus seventeen around the ground, twelve to fourteen. Uh, sorry, twelve to ten, I should say, in the center clearances. So we sort of okay, we sort of got on top a little bit. The uh caveat here is though, we played with two Ruckman, North Melbourne. 
played with none. So far away. What do you make of the Ruck division on the weekend? If there are any children listening, please give me five seconds. Oh, shit. Bailey Williams, you're a fucking AFL footballer. Show us some fucking heart. There we go. It's out. It may be. I've been watching football for 27, 28 years. It may be the worst individual performance I have ever seen from a footballer. What did he offer? I I know someone argued that we won the hitouts. Again, a midfielder for three good... We're second in the AFL for hitouts, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. After round one, we're sitting high. Loving it. In in my pre pre podcast um, write up for uh Honey Badger, my, my list of things to talk about were the following. <clears throat> uh Spud Williams, Campaigner Williams, Vlog <laughs> Williams, Crab Williams, and Squib Williams. I think that kind of covers the general sentiment. Jokes sure. aside, the man is twenty three years old. He may turn it around. He may have a good season, but we cannot stomach too many more performances like that. I would much rather we play Jamison, who offers very little, and someone like who I'll, I'd like to talk about later in uh, in Jake Waterman, a, a versatile tall who may be a little bit of a jack of all trades as opposed to an outright forward specialist, back specialist, but just gives us something because based on that one-off performance, Bailey Williams offers us nothing. Please prove so- me wrong. <laughs> Uh, Migs, I'll throw to you in a second on this, and we've got a comment here from uh, Vichy who says it, it takes about five years for a run, young ruck to develop into a ruckman. I don't know if that's tongue-in-cheek. I don't know if that's legitimate, but Migs, I know you can speak to that in a moment. You've done a few little uh, calculations and tracking how young ruckmen go. I will say I was very optimistic, if you can believe that, when uh, when North lost their ruck, when Jerry went down, because I thought, you know what? I don't love our ruck division with where it's at. We're in a season where we just want to sink games into them. Fair enough. That's all good. I thought, hey, there's a chance for them to get on top here and really work an angle. They didn't. North more than held their own. To find out that we even won the centre clearances is a bit shocking to me. But uh, the stoppage clearances were just awful. To be minus 17 around the ground, you're just not going to do anything with that. What do we make of this? If, if, if it's me, I know Nick Nat has covered over a lot of cracks for us for a long time, but... I think you've just got to sink games into them because you need to know. You need a definitive answer. I don't think it's going to be pretty viewing necessarily, nothing against any of them personally, but I don't see it. But I also would love them to just get a big, long opportunity at it because otherwise we're just going to keep playing this. Has he developed yet? Is he a young ruckman? All this sort of stuff with with both Jamo and and Bailey Williams. Well, I mean, we don't have much choice but to... um, No. to continue to sink games into them because they're all we've got at the moment. Um, Rotham's tracking back well from his um, broken... He broke a wrist or something, but... Um, yeah, his arm. He's, uh, you know, he's not a ruckman. He, he pinch hits in there a bit. Um, the numbers for Williams looked really good, and I um, finally managed to dig up today the, um, the hit-outs to advantage as well, and he had, I think, 30% of his hit-outs were to advantage, supposedly. Um, but to me, it looked like he was hitting it to the same spot every time. He was hitting it sort of 12 o'clock, just tapping it forward. And Get- North Melbourne cottoned onto that pretty quickly. Um, and, yeah, I think that reflects um, you know, how we won all the hitouts and uh, lost all the clearances badly. Uh, it, it was just really predictable um, against his uh, against you know, Combin, who was sort of trying manfully in there, and, and Hugh Greenwood, who was you know, a midfielder. Just, um, One of my man crushes. One of my uh, North Melbourne man crushes, one of the few. Get out of the podcast, mm-hmm. dog, as well. Uh, having a, having a bit of a snore there. We're putting him to sleep early in the season. Uh, yeah, I thought he was far away from the bike. No, nah, um, 
I've never and forgiven Hugh Greenwood for doing the dirty on the Wildcats, by the way. Um, ah, boo-hoo. Nah, yeah, right. Mark asks about Harry Barnett. He's, I don't know how far away he is. He, um, I think he was on managed minutes in the Waffle, so um be good to get a few games, I think, at that level into him. But, yeah, he may, if this continues, he may not be that far off. Sorry, the he's the other side of the room. He's, he's really the other going side for of the it. Room. Still, he's, yeah. he's really bloody going for it. Uh, Harry yeah. Barnett's an interesting one. Look, if we're playing the young ruck card on your Jamos and your Bailey Williams, then Harry Barnett, he's, he's an infant. But uh, I, I didn't, I didn't expect him. You don't do, expect to draft a ruckman and play them first no. year. I know Nat knew he did, but he was a bit of a different beast. But... Uh, yeah. Those in the know fully expect him to perhaps get a look in maybe round seven, round eight, building some waffle fitness. But I, my take is you can't really do much worse. We're presuming that Natano is coming back, but we we do kind of know the shady history of West Coast and there are there there are transparency around injury severity. Uh, Bailey can only hit to twelve o'clock at this stage. We've got a comment coming through here, which is baffling considering he has Nat Nui to learn off. That's half the value of Nat Nui, I would have thought, would be as a teacher, even in these moments where he's not playing for us. So maybe he can't teach. Maybe the, the students don't want to learn. I don't know what the issue is. But uh, all I know is Dom Sheed was our most effective ruckman on the weekend, and I don't know that that can continue necessarily. Uh, and Jack, Jack Darling was actually pretty effective in the rucks he took as well. He's always fine. He's always yeah. fine. He Look, he's got one move. I'll push you out of the way and snap at goal. He tries it five or six times, whether it works or doesn't work. Once every couple of weeks, he gets one. He's fine. He's fine. I argue. I argue that the uh, the, the held in the ball interpretation, where you don't get pinged straight mm. away anymore, Jack mm. Darling is the is the biggest beneficiary. And just yeah. just to talk to Avishka's point, this is uh, Bailey Williams' fifth year on the list. He was drafted in the, at the end of twenty eighteen. So it, it's make or break this year, yeah. surely. If he shows nothing this year, if there is zero sign of improvement, we've, we've got Barnett now. Surely we cut him loose and just grab anyone. And they signed Jamison to an extension. So you got to think if they're prioritizing anybody. Bailey looks like a footballer. We've seen him clunk marks at both ends of the field in patches. I just, it just doesn't come together for him, unfortunately. Uh, open it up to the floor. Gents, any final thoughts on the North Melbourne game that we can air prior to 12 p.m.? Yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to do from the opposition point of view, I really did like seeing Cunnington back on the field. He's had some yeah. very well-publicized health issues, which are no small deal. And he was outstanding and a big part of the reason that North got across the line. So whilst it stings for us, a genuine, true shinboner with shinboner spirit kind of doing us in. So whilst it's shit, Mm. It, it, it was a nice sort story. Um, quick, that just reminded me, taking it from an opposition perspective, Sheasel, has anybody asked? Do we care? I thought he was one of our best players. I know he touched the ball a shitload, but honestly, I thought he was one of our best. Uh, I agree. Yeah, we what, asked, did he, what did he go at? He went at like 80% efficiency, allegedly, even though he had nine turnovers credited. So I don't know. I don't know. I evidently but, didn't. But he will be a good player. He's shown enough. He was nervous, yeah. obviously. Um, oh, for the position and all that. Yeah. 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 But he showed a lot. He didn't get it all right and... It brought me a lot of joy that his first kick, first possession was a turnover, which brought me a bit of joy considering the kind of well-publicized go-home factor, which was a factor in us not being able to draft him. Mm. He was clearly a high talent, but no, I think he had he had a pretty good game. He certainly oh, did yeah. my, uh, drink, my fantasy team. He benefited it. So cheers, Harry. Nice. Yeah, no, no, like, no issues. No sour grapes. Good on him. Went well. I don't 
come out of that game feeling anything because of how Harry Sheasel performed. It's all unrelated. It's all to do with us. Uh, Migs, closing thoughts on the North game, and then we might get into a bit of news. Nah, move on. Right, well, let's Sorry, move one, on. One last, I... point, one last point. There is no way Nick Larky kicks six goals against a team that aren't a rebel. I didn't think he was that good. <laughs> Sorry. He, he wasn't, but he wasn't that good last time either. He kicked six two in a row against us, so... G'day, Nick, if you're watching. We're supposed to have two old Australian defenders. Right, we move on. Move on. <laughs> well, hey, a little bit of news, guys. One of our two all Australian defenders, Jeremy McGovern, rumoured to be signing a two-year contract extension slash re-sign slash whatever. Obviously, his big money deal, uh, Miguel, ends at the end of this season, and he would have been a free agent. We've been having think pieces linking him and his brother to Carlton already. So McGovern going to stay. Hopefully, he can be available for the full length of his contract. I know a lot of people want us to cut things right to the bone, but a healthy McGovern is an asset to the Eagles. It's an asset to every team in the world. Good luck to him. Sign away. Yeah, I think a few people were pretty quick to um, to write him off last year and, and to criticise him uh, for the fact he didn't play many games. I mean, he um, he was in really good form and looked in really good shape in the first half of the year. Um, he was leading our best and fairest at the time he went down, uh, and it was an injury that oh, was it a broken rib or he rib injury? Smashed or back his, yeah, he smashed his rib or his lungs or something. Yeah, gone. so it was. No, it's not something that's caused by his conditioning. Arguably, it's caused by it's caused by his good conditioning because he didn't have the um, the role of you know, support around his ribs that uh, that uh, that I've got and you know, that possibly he had earlier in his career. Um, yeah, as with all these deals, I think it will come down to the money um, what we're paying him, and you know, clearly we won't be paying him the one point two million dollars a year or whatever he's currently mm. on. It's a little bit interesting. There seems to be a trend. It used to be that once you got over 30, you didn't get a two-year contract. You went year by year. We seem to be going away from that, um, and we seem to be doing it with players that haven't been the most um, durable. You know, mm. Nat, Nat Nui's got two years. Sure, he's got a year. Yeah, Nat Nui's played eight of a possible 24 games, I think. And um, sure, Yeah, sure, he got a year. Um, but giving McGovern a year, at, you know, he'll be 33 at the end of it. Two years be... 33 at the end of that contract, little bit of risk involved. But, yeah, I think it will come down to the money, really, and we won't know that. Uh, Mop, a few words on the McGovern contract and then another one for one of the uh, the premiership heroes. Apparently, Jamie Cripps is getting a contract extension, and this one was put out this morning. Uh, we don't have confirmation on the length of time or on the money or anything like that. For me, on Cripps, I'd say... Very happy for him to get re-signed. I don't really understand the urgency to get this locked away after round one. Maybe let it play out. But how do you fall on, on both of these two guys getting uh, getting extensions at the Eagles? Uh, we'll start with McGovern. Hmm. Good call. He is generally one of our better players week in, week out. I do think Barras has usurped him in our pecking order. If it could only have one, I would put, based on form alone, I would probably take Barras. I, I think he's overtaken him. I'll put that to the floor in a sec. But he's a great player. He's, he's a team player. He's a leader. Yeah, good. As long as we're not going to blow the bank, we need it for, uh, for I don't know, someone good. Yeah, you need English. to stay competitive. You can't just blow it up for the okay. sake of blowing it up. Um, yep. Yeah. And in regards to Cripps, I'm sure he's not on giant dollars, but he is 
generally one of our most consistent, most reliable players. He, he doesn't get a lot of credit. He's kind of the forward version of Brad Shepard, if you will. Brad Shepard's my, one of my top five favorite Eagles, and he never got the credit he deserved. I kind of feel will probably feel the same way about Crips when he retires, always pops mm. up with a goal, provides a lot of run, does the hard team thing. Um, so yeah, good on him. They're kind of, when you're building a team full of young blokes, you do want to kind of use these these good blokes to kind of set the standard. Uh, comment coming through here that I think is either from Keys or by Keys or a proxy from Keys. Gov would get three yeah. years from another club, so two would be a fair compromise. So uh, lovely to see a few people watching along at home there jumping on. Yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. Good point, guys. Cindy. Good point. Uh, now, Miguel, another little bit of news. It's not really based off any one specific incident, but the AFLW program for the Eagles has sort of failed to take off and then they did a bit of a reset and a bit of a relaunch last year I feel we sort of talked about that last year on the pod but they almost kind of went you know what scrap the first couple of seasons we'll go again I tell you what they have picked up some genuine momentum to the point where I'm not going to go oh yeah they're a flag chance or anything crazy like that we've seen the very very low ceiling that the program's had to date this is going to be the best season of the AFLW for the West Coast Eagles and it is shaping up to be a very, very exciting one because they've retained some serious talent and they've brought in a little bit of talent. So far away, Migs, what have you made of the last, what, two weeks or so for the AFLW program? Yeah, well, the the big signing is obviously Amy Franklin, who um, mm. is a little, I think people were surprised at the time in, in her draft class that we didn't go with her with the, uh, with the first pick. We went for um, Charlie Thomas and that's worked out quite nicely for us because you know, Thomas is turning into a gun. Yeah. Um, we now get Franklin for effectively nothing. Um, and I'll explain that if you want. Yeah, let's go the, into it. So we traded pick three and pick 21 in the yeah. national draft. Of course, it's not a national yeah. draft. What that means is Freo have the first four picks of the WA contingent. You pretty much well, can only draw. Yeah, the the draft this year is, um, it's. I think they're calling it a supplementary draft. Uh, because there's not a new lot of um, of a new draft class of, of young kids um, available, the the second draft that happened last year was the 2004 birthdays, and we got Ella Roberts obviously out of that, uh, and and some others as well. Um, the next class, 2005, won't be available until next year. So the players that are in this draft are just um, are players that have effectively already been available before and, and not picked up. So, so without be being... You've had, had you know, a breakout season this year and they'll get picked yeah. up. Um, it looks like we're not going to even participate in that draft um, because we've re-signed uh, 29 players that were on our list last year and we've added Amy Franklin and that um, takes us to 30, which is the list size. So uh, it looks like we've traded away... You, know, you look at it on paper and say, well, we've traded away pick three. Um, it looks like we're not even going to use any picks. So we've, we've effectively lost nothing. Um, yeah, we've picked up Franklin, who will be a great addition. Uh, not only is she uh, a gun talent, she's a, a she plays a position that we really need. Desperately, um, yeah. Key forward, yeah. And we're building around uh, her and Ella Roberts and, and Charlie Thomas and, and Courtney Rowley and um, Bella Lewis. is a really talented group of, of um, players that are sort of early 20s, they're mm. really just starting out. You know, if we can keep them together, um, keep them really tight-knit, they seem like they're a pretty tight-knit group. Um, yeah, and then just add 
bits and pieces around them that'll um, that'll carry us forward for quite a while. So, uh, yeah, exciting times for the AFLW program. Yeah, big coup and a great talent to get to pay, in essence, nothing. And I know it's a flippant statement to say yeah. we paid nothing, but pick pick three is not created equal just because of the way the draft's set up. All you need to do is if we had pick 17 and Freo had pick 18, we've got pick one. That's what we've got. You're just trying to get above each other in the pecking order. So Eagles have absolutely nailed it. They've given up very little for a bunch of players that we already had the opportunity to draft and they're still available, you'd say, for a reason. So a big coup there, some great re-signings. Very happy to see all that. Uh, We've actually got a little bit of momentum in the women's program for the first time in a long time. Instead of coming in and wondering... What's the team going to look like? Are they going to win any games or anything like that? These problems are, are plaguing the AFL side, but the AFLW side's actually got a lot of optimism around it right now. Yeah, I, I do watch the women's game when I can. I do work with someone who used to play for the Frio women's side, so it was, yep. it's interesting to talk to her to get a little bit of insight into what the professional game does look like. Um, I was asking her. Her take was that they kind of, Frio and West Coast kind of went at it from two different pillars and Frio just got it right earlier. But mm. obviously as, as time goes on, it doesn't equal out. You, you, the sides do learn from their mistakes. And from what I can see without being an expert in the AFLW side, yeah, the, the Eagles are trying to uh, to build and promising signs. Hopefully we can, you know, I, I know we, what did we win, like two games last season? Hopefully we can. Yeah, we, yeah. we cap out at two every year. That's a, that's a good yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> Just build on it. Heroes and villains time, gentlemen. And uh, it might be a hard-pressed one to find some heroes. I feel like this was much of the trend last year. So I will open it up to the floor. I got a hero nomination in my back pocket. But uh, does anybody else want to tell us who made us happy as a West Coast Eagle fan this week? Dead Sands. Really? Really? Um, no takers. Mop goes Jinby. Yeah, Jinby. Um, one very specific uh, element of, of um, Adam Simpson's week, right? Uh, the uh, the fact that they're bringing back that ask the coach or whatever the, the segment is called, but yes. even though they didn't ask, they didn't answer my question. But um, the fact that they're bringing that back in the season that we're going to struggle again, I think, is um, brave and uh, hmm. yeah, a good sign that the, I think the club is trying to um, be a bit more engaging with the fans, whereas you know. In the past, they've been, I've complained long and hard that they haven't. So I, I think, yeah, they're moving in the right direction. I don't know how long it'll um, how long it'll last before they give up. No, but uh, we'll see. You know what I was surprised yeah. with was the nature of some of the questions that they actually answered. I, like you, I put a question in because I'm a full-blown nuff. They didn't answer it. Fair enough. But yeah. uh, Key's got one I'll, answered. Yeah, shout out to Key's got one answered for sure. Uh, some of the questions you get are, you know, this player's shit. When are you gonna When are you gonna drop him? What do you yeah. want him to do with that? You've got to play a little bit of ball. But there was some discussion, and obviously they're not going into tremendous detail. But there was a little bit of sort of pulling the curtain back and saying, "Okay, well, you've asked about what was our approach. Here's what we were thinking with this." So it's a good segment. I'm happy they're bringing it back. Like you say, we won't see how long it goes for. Uh, two hero nominations for me this week. Neither of them have anything to do with how well the Eagles played. Keys in the comments are saying, people who ask proper questions got answered. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Uh, Two heroes this week. The first one, they're making a new AFL game. Every couple of years, (laughs) they swap developers and a new company has a crack at an AFL game. 
I thought the last AFL game was the best one yet. It was still pretty bad, but it was kind of fun. You know what? They're AFL games. They're fun. They're not great. Is what it is. The new one looks okay, but that's not really why I'm interested. The new one, you can play in the ochre. You've got all the old oh. Eagles jumpers. You've got the navy wings. You've got the tri-panel. Oh. You've got the white tablecloth. You've got the ochre. You've got the Eagles one with the Eagles lettering and the old logo. Oh, wow. So good. Here all the week to Big Ant Studios putting the ochre into the new footy game. But... Uh, my other nomination for Hero of the Week, and this might be an ongoing one. This might be Hero of the Season, I reckon. On Big Footy, the poster Alisana, I'm assuming is how it's pronounced, has gone through and clipped every involvement for every player and slapped it in a thread. So if you just want to watch... Have you not seen this, Migs? No. Oh, my God, you're missing out. There is this thread on Big Footy, and I would suggest everybody who is anybody goes and checks this out right now. Alisana is the name of the poster. It is one of the most ambitious threads I've seen in a while, and I really hope that they keep it up. They've clipped every touch or involvement, tackle, you know, just general stat, air, you know, anything around a stat. If you want to watch three minutes of every time Noel Long was near the footy, you can. If you want to watch, you know, four or five minutes of every time Luke Shuey was near the footy, you can. And he's gone through, he's separated it by player. Or he, I should say, you know, whoever it might be, they've gone through and separated every player, every touch, everything you could want to see. Bloody Ripper, hero of the year, if this keeps up. And there's a lot of posters saying to that effect already. Go on Big Footy, look it up. The thread title I will pull up now. It is called Round 1 versus North Melbourne Player Video Review. It's by Alisana. Even if you're not a Big Footy poster, just just jump on Big Footy, have a Google, jump on the Eagles board and have a look. Every single touch. So you want to see, well, what the hell does Alex Witherden offer? Go on there. There's four minutes of clipped Alex Witherden footage for you right there. Great hero. Great, great effort. Who's our hero of the week? Gents, any other nominations or are we appointing it? Who have we got? I think that, that's tough to beat. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, I, an early contender for our poster of the season and it's round, going to round two. It's a spectacular effort. I reckon Alisana is the Big Footy Eagles podcast hero of the week and this might be a regular segment. We might just check in and, and watch the clips every week. Uh, villainy, Miguel Sanchez, who is your villain of the week nomination? Um... Can I? I know you're. I know you're going to take one that I would have otherwise taken. No, nah, um, let's do it. Fire away, fire away. You, you no, no, no. I've got a different one than um, Gary Stocks, and again, it's for a very specific reason. Um, in the the fluff piece about um, you know, five things to take away from the game. Okay. Obviously, I've taken a more pessimistic view of the game than that um, uh, than a lot of others, but the five. Five points are all positive, and one of the positives was the great play of the Ruck duo Bailey Williams and Callum Jamison. Second in wasn't hit outs. Same, wasn't watching the same game. I mean, we're second in hit outs, Migs. What do you want? Yeah, I'm happy for you not to like to pop them in the article, but Jesus, yeah. to put them as um, put them as one of the five highlights of the game. Jesus. Anyway, yeah, that's one nomination. That's a fair effort. Uh, Mop, any nominations from yourself there? Who has been particularly villainous? Uh, aside from the usual, usual, I'll save him. Um, Mitchell Blank. The umpiring. The umpiring was horrendous. And I know every club thinks that their team got a raw deal. But it just seems every marginal call, they just got it wrong. It wasn't even just against us. It was, I reckon, we got pings for, was it holding the ball in the late? North got pinged for a really shit deliberate that was so far not deliberate. It was just a shank. And we got done for a deliberate. Like, this is five minutes to go, man. The game's on the line. Just fucking throw it up if you're not sure. Um, that's fair. I'm, uh, I used to pride myself on not being an umpire sook, and I've noticed over the years that I've very much developed into one. I can't even deny it anymore. But 
we don't tackle that much. Uh, we tackled quite a bit in yeah. this game, but historically we don't tackle that much. Could you just let him tackle one time without bringing it back for, oh, no, nah, I know he got rid of it and he turned it over right to some guy streaming down the wing, but uh, I don't know, in the back. Oh, you held on for too long. We'll bring it back. Who to? All the players are looking around. Who's free? Who's free, is it? I don't know, probably North's free. Like That's just me being a sook, but around the grounds, there were some truly special umpiring decisions on the weekend. Four umpires, better, worse, pretty much about the same. Just... Uh, whatever is what it is. Uh, so, comment, comment. Second, second villain. Whoever yes. decided to put the umpires in blue. Yeah, that yes. is, now, now a cop that that is an absolute shocker. You got light blue versus blue and white versus a what yellow and yellow and blue, blue. sort of invert. At least ours you could see, but yeah, far out. Light blue for a North Melbourne game. Outrageous. Uh, got a comment here from Paul. Villain would be the AFL with their glancing bump definition. This segues nicely, Migs. I think you had this. I know I definitely had this. What is going on? Uh, and Key's coming in as well, the MRO chocolate wheel. So we're all in the same space here. What is going on? What is going on? That Kaziah Pickett bump was one of the most premeditated. Yeah. I Simply. Channeling his uncle. Sure. Like layman's man on the street sort of term. It's a dog act. That is one of the biggest dog acts in football that I've seen for a long time. I understand there's the McAdam bump and you compare the two and whatever. I understand where McAdam's coming from. It's an illegal bump for me. He deserves to get rubbed out. We all know you take the risk, you bump, you elect to bump, you hit him high, all of this sort of business. Sure, rub McAdam out, no issue. Cosy Pickett has made himself a missile and launched himself... He has left the ground. If you did that in the NFL, you'd get ejected. You'd get fined $100,000. How is that a two-week suspension, Miguel? How is that a glancing bump? And also made worse, and I don't, I can't corroborate. Is this true or is this big footy hearsay? I know that GWS did their concussion test and whatever, and that sort of stitched McAdam up <laughs> a bit more. Did the dogs not run a concussion test and that was entered into evidence? Because if so... I'm done. Blow it up. We're done here. What are we if, doing here? If it's on Big Forty, it has to be true. Come on. I know. Yeah. Okay, well, let's. Hey, Excellent. let's be honest. Yeah, I don't nah, know. The, the explanation I saw for the difference in the penalties was that um, uh, McAdams got more of his uh, of Jacob Ware's head than um, than Pickett got, which I don't know. You're penalising. You're not really penalising the fact that they didn't get concussed either of them. Outcome. You're penalising the, the potential outcome of the incident, and I thought the potential outcome of Pickett's was a lot worse than McAdams. McAdams was bad, but Pickett's was all time. Can I just point out that uh, McAdams took it to the appealed it, and yeah. he was still rubbed out for three games tonight. So it, he, after the they deliberated for ninety minutes on it, and then Jesus Christ, threw it out. yeah. This is not. I don't mind him not being rubbed out. The fact that they have got a template. If you do this, 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 and this, it's worth two weeks. Yeah. And they looked at what Pickett did, and they went, "Yeah, it's worth two weeks." Nah, nah. Yeah, right. And I cannot wait for somebody to hold on to the ball for way too long, and instead of giving off a handball, just take it to their grave and get slung a little bit late, and someone's getting three for it, and we're going to compare it to just a shocking decision. And it's not a character assassination or anything. Really bad decision. I'm sure he'd want to take it back. Two weeks. Manifestly Is incorrect. Still in that role? I don't see I'll his go, name mentioned. I'm, I'm almost certain he would be, but who, who he, has been, he has just been terrible in that role. And I know it's a bit of a thankless task, but the inconsistency, not not just week to week, but within you know within a day, Saturday yeah. he gives Pickett one, and then Sunday he sends McAdam straight to the tribunal because it's uh, it's supposedly worse. It's just he, you cannot read him at all, and he's, you're supposed the idea of putting one guy in the role was that you're supposed to get consistency, and it's just been a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, consistency when the when the dude's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, how many can... how many hits to the head did he cop when he was playing? <laughs> 
Yeah, either one too many Doug or... Knocked, uh, Doug Hawkins knocked him out once. But... One too many or one too few, I reckon, Miguel. Uh, villain of the week is the MRO, right? The whole process is a sham. The office is a sham. The position is a sham. Dreadful. We play Melbourne round four, says Keys when Pickett's bans expires. No coincidence. I like this. It goes all the way to the top. They're trying to make sure that the plucky little Eagles yeah. can't get a get a win against Melbourne in round four. Uh, villain yeah, of the week, sure it's the MRO. MRO, pick. Yeah. Round two, Greater Western uh, Sydney Giants. Uh, no. Uh, Muppet of the match day. Muppet of the match day, says Mop. Right, heroes, villains, Muppet is done. We're doing of the ma- Take yep. the floor. Who have you? I've got right. a good feeling about who this might be. You'd be wrong. He's a Ooh. contender. He comes second. Muppet of the match. Mop's Muppet of the match day. The uh, the biggest clown to grace us in the last week of football. Everyone here expects me to say Bailey Williams. For now, we can say Bailey Williams just had a bad game and a brain fade. No, dear big footy listeners, viewers, and readers. Mop, <laughs> Mop of the match day is Kane Corns. Because everything oh, that guy says is just good. stupid. I will no issues. To the attention of the article dated three days ago. It's going to get ugly. Port Adelaide great, debatable. Kane Corn says he has real concerns about West Coast's long-term future, predicting an ugly four or five years ahead after another loss on Saturday. Kane, mate, we know we're shit. Five years is a long time. You, hopefully you don't have a job in the media in the five years. Just shut the fuck up and focus on how Port Adelaide is shit. Thank you. Not Nicely done. Matthew Lloyd did similar in the uh, trade thing. He said, oh, Eagles shouldn't go in for Jackson. Why would Jackson want to go there? They're not going to play. For-. And he said, yeah, he said, they're not going to play finals for five or six years. I was like, Jesus. That is a big call. I know we're, oh, we're awful. Let's not sugarcoat it. But six years is a long time. Anyway, there you go. Muppet of the match day. Nicely done. <laughs> Round two. Ladies, gentlemen, we play the GWS Giants. There is a big, big sound from the west of the town. And it is uh, me quaking in my boots that the Eagles are going to go 0 and 2. We've seen some teams. It's Sunday. It's a Sunday game, I should say, so we don't have the full lineup. We've only got the extended benches. We touched on it before, and let's start with this one, Miguel. Hewitt has been named in the extended bench. There was a little bit of a fluff piece, but they didn't commit, saying that he might get a debut. Historically, I have been staunchly against debuting people as the sub, although in this case, is it justified? They've been spending the offseason saying he's not fully match fit. Impact player, it's a tactical sub, not an injury sub, so you can kind of design a role for him. What, what are we thinking? Is Hewitt getting a game? And if he is, is it the uh, well, a bit of not inside knowledge because it's publicly available, but the Waffle teams were announced just before we came on air. Oh, here we go. Uh, we published. Um, of our extended bench, there are four, the extended bench in the AFL, there are four guys from that extended bench that have been named in the Waffle. Um, so I think you say they're the emergencies. Uh, and they were Hewitt, um, O'Neill, uh, Greg Clark and Callum Jamison, a bit surprisingly. So sorry, we're saying those guys are named those in the waffle. Are named in the waffle. Uh, Jamison and Clark are named on the field in the waffle, so I suspect wow. they play waffle. Hewitt and O'Neill were named uh, on an extended bench in the waffle, so my guess is that they will be um, the twenty third and twenty fourth men and in the AFL side, uh, and I don't know which is which, but. I think you say Hewitt probably plays as the sub because otherwise if he's the 24th man, he gets no footy for the weekend, which really doesn't help him build his tank. No, so exactly yeah, right. I agree with, uh, with Cindy Keys there that, um, yeah, I think Hewitt plays as the sub. And I think that's the thing about um, 
debuting as the sub was an issue last year because the sub, you know, probably more often than not, didn't actually get on the field. So you have this ridiculous situation where they're credited with their debut AFL game and they haven't actually, you know, taken the vest off and, and run on the field. Um, I think the fact that it's now a tactical sub and, you know, Hewitt will come on probably before the end of three-quarter time, um, you know, whatever else happens, I think um, takes away that sort of that stigma. So, yeah, I think if big games come on in the fourth quarter, uh, put in some really big highlights, you know, kick a great goal. So I think he's well suited to that role. I think it's um, probably a good way for him to start. Who can forget Andrew Gaff debuting as the sub, by the way, coming on against North 2011, just getting immediately shit mixed straight away off, off the bench. Just, oh, so good. Precious memories. Come at the frog. Oh, Jesus. All right, don't worry about all that. That's a, that's a deep cut. Uh, You've just Mott. been blocked. Yeah, you get out of here, mate. You've been blocked. Uh, now, Mott, you want to talk GWS? You want to talk about the team? You want to talk about the approach? Fire away. What do you got for us? I think GWS could tear us apart. Okay. I'd like to uh, mention a honourable poster, another contender for Poster of the Year in uh, West Coast Phil, uh, our, our seasoned uh, scout. He rightly pointed out before the North game that our midfield is our absolute weak link. Even in their weakened state, JB West have a much better, much stronger midfield mm. than we do. Mm. And I have a horrible feeling that Aaron Cadman, Mr. Number One Draft Pick, who's going to debut, he's been named on the extended bench, is going to come in and tear us a new one. Ten goals on debut. Thank you very <laughs> much. And, well, he, and, you know, our best mate Robbo will blow his load on Air Force 360 on Monday. Um, as for six us, goals. Six VFL goals for Cadman. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, hasn't been done did, since one Jay Brander, I think. Is it? Oh, nobody could kick six goals against this Eagles backline, though, so I wouldn't worry about it, boys. Um, just to go back to our side, I I think I said this to you earlier, Sanchez, that uh, I'm not surprised we dropped Jamison. He's just, he's just too raw, and he's not our senior Rockman. I think Waterman, as I, I think I said at the start of the pod, is a much better fit, a little bit more run, a little bit more versatility, a forward option, but we're not going any more tall. It just, just gives us more balance. Um, if we're not going to win the Rock, at least compete and then, you know, go from there. And going forward, I'd just like to touch on Waterman a little bit. In a yes or no to both of you, will he still be on our list next season? Yes. Probably. I don't understand the Waterman contention. I'm not putting forth that he's a 250-gamer who's going to make All-Australian, but... He can play at both ends of the field. He plays waffle. He shreds. When he comes up to the AFL, we stick him on a flank because of the nature of our team construction over the last few years. Yeah. Now yeah, he's sticking Jake, in the ruck, apparently. Well, now he's a ruckman. Well, Rotham was a ruckman. Tom so Sheed's a ruckman. If Jake yeah. Waterman were our worst player, we would be laughing. I don't understand why he is this lightning rod. I'm not pretending that he's going to be a 22-game-a-year player or that he's going to be a 50-goal-a-season uh, option, but... Yes, you can do a hell of a lot worse than Jake Waterman as your 30th best player. I, th- I think a lot of the frustration with Waterman is he obviously has talent, mm. but a lot of the time when he takes, it'll take a great mark and he'll miss a very gettable shot, which is very frustrating. Mm. And the fact he, he had an extremely shit mullet last season, that probably didn't help his cause any. No. Nah. But no, I, I concur. I'm, I'm a fan of Snake, but I know that uh, he cops a lot of flack for being quite a good player. Um, yeah. Just on our side, I think Hewitt is probably our only option for the sub simply because you don't want a player that's one pace coming off. He's not going to offer you anything. You don't want a tall. The only other theory I could come up with was perhaps we drop someone like Jermaine Jones 
or um, Hunt to the bench to give us some run. But, but both of those blokes deserve to be best 22 because they were a lot JJ of good than last week. Oh, he was. He was. But just for, again, to go back to the point of difference, just how are you going to best use it? Um, and yeah, I just, I think, I, I have this being a 21-point loss to us. GW West will get over the top, but it could well be worse. There you go. Bloody hell. Well, uh, I'll keep that one in mind. We'll swing around to some tips just at the back end. Uh, Migs, what did you make of the forward line mix on the weekend? Ryan was firing, especially in that second half. Second half. Yeah. Copped a bit of stick in the first half, but I think he was maybe better. That This is why that video thread comes in so handy as well, because you go, oh, I thought this guy was crap. And then you go back and everyone talks about how bad he was before halftime. Then you look and you're like, oh, he was all right. He was fine. And then he ripped the game apart in the second half. Yeah. Uh, Ryan was good. Cripps was fumbly, but does his usual thankless tasks. I thought Darling was... I think Darling led the line quite well. I know he didn't get a good return, especially on the scoreboard, but I mentioned it before, and I think if anybody epitomized our attempted change in game plan or a little bit more urgency, I think it was Jack Darling. Allen, rusty. He looked really rusty, let's be honest, but he'll work his way through that. And Long was was super clean. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Look, Long was clean. Take it. Sheed swung forward a little bit. I'd like to see Kelly and Sheed swap their roles a bit and send Kelly forward. If Kelly bobbed up, he did have a shot, but if Kelly bobs up and kicks a goal and gets, you know, 19, 20 touches and a goal, that is such a different output than 19 touches and nothing. It's just, you know, things like that. So the talent is all right for the forward line. We might see Waterman come in. We might not. Do you think that the Eagles are capable of kicking a winning score given that supply yet again was an issue? And you'd have to say that the Giants midfield looks a little bit better than the North midfield. Yeah, supply will be the issue. Um, the main issue I think we had at the forward line last week was, apart from actually, the supply was pretty good. Um, the main In issue the we had was, yeah. was that um, Allen and Darling didn't have that sort of understanding that we're mm. really used to from the Kennedy and Darling um, pairing, which is understandable, I think, because you know Allen didn't play at all last year. Darling basically didn't play during the preseason. Um, Allen was managed a bit during the preseason, so they wouldn't have played too much together over the last year and a bit um so that'll just have to um sort itself out as they go uh but yeah there's a bit of confusion between them um but yeah they they created alan was marking the ball really well darling was marking the ball really well up the ground um yeah look if we get them enough supply i think um they can kick a winning winning score but that'll be the issue is getting it in there and you know if we're the lift really needs to come from the midfield because, oh, yeah. you know, we've, we've seen them not be able to take advantage of some ruck dominance and get smashed. Uh, they're not going to have that on the weekend because I think uh, Flynn, assuming he doesn't go off injured in the first quarter, will have it, um, will dominate Williams in the ruck. Uh, Himmelberg will dominate um, Waterman if that's the way we go. So we're not going to win many hit outs. So the midfielders just need to. Um, I don't know whether they're on the back foot or what in that North Melbourne game, but they just need to be on the front foot, just see ball, get ball. You know, assume oh. that the Giants' ruck is going to win the hit out and you know, and chase it. And, um, yeah, don't sort of hang back and, and wait for... They've gotten very used to uh, sort of hanging back and waiting for Nat Nui to do all the work, I think. And, um, Absolutely. We're going to need to step out of that pretty quickly. I honestly wonder how many weeks away we are from assuming Nick that's out, which he might look, he might come back. You don't know. They, they said he was a test or uh, working towards round one. We'll see. I wonder how many weeks away we are from borderline conceding the ruck and just playing four on the floor with like a Rotham or a Waterman type six, you know, seven. six, what's, seven, seven, round seven. He's coming back. I can't count. 
Ram <laughs> seven. Go. Ram Ram seven. They either he comes back or it's Nick Matanui is going in for Achilles surgery, and it's like fuck. Yeah. Okay, we reassess. Yeah, but we've seen teams do it to us before with Nick. You don't put in a ruckman there to Harvard. That's one approach. You just try and be an obstacle. Or one of our goals came from Dom Sheed being in the centre bounce ruck, and this was because Jamo had already been subbed off. The ruckman won the tap, came off hands. Sheed got it extracted. There's a centre clearance there. He did two centre clear, two centre bounces as the ruck. One of them turned into a clearance off his own hands. I'm not saying it's a viable long term strategy. I'm not saying it's the next great breakthrough in coaching. But he's our new All Australian ruck. Exactly. But from an for an interim measure and for fits and starts in a game, you know you. Throw Bailey at him for a bit, or you throw whoever it might be. Jamo, if it's Waterman, if it's Rotham, if it's Harry Edwards, if it's me, I don't care. Throw some bodies at it, and then just give it up and play Shuey as your ruckman, and don't jump. Let him tap. Let him tap to a four on three on the floor. We've seen it before against Nick. It's a bit radical, but there you go. Uh, Mop, what do you make of Campbell Chesser in this game? In that we, I think we'd all suggest he should be backed in. In that you're backing your debutants, whether they're good, bad, or ugly. What do we think the role is for him? How do you think he's going to improve? Do we try and move him to a half-back line and get a little bit of, you know, Sheasel, get some cheap seagull ball in his hands? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think that's probably the right approach. Put him at probably at half-back, um, give him some run, give him some responsibility and just see what he can do. Just give the guy a feel for the game. He's, he's not ready for the middle. And I, I think he, he's purported to be a clean user of the ball. Again, he's got no... That's based on a one draft right up from pre-draft when he's played four games and God knows how many years. But yeah, I think mm. that's the pathway for him in his first season. Strongly done. All right. Uh, any further queries, comments, anything to go with the Greater Western Sydney Giants before we will get into some tips? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I've got a little thing here. My question without notice. Mop, you've got a question without notice. You're giving us I do. 10, and you 10 seconds of notice. Ten seconds it was not. It was not. Far away. What do we got? I got for both of you. We are a rebel. We as West Coast fans are not used to being a rebel. The Stop last it. time we were a genuine rebel was 2010. I would like to read to you the 2010 round one side, and then I'll read to you last week's side. Uh, my question is twofold. One, which of our sides is better? Which of our sides would win? And which of our sides, considering that we made the, was it the prelim in 2011? We did. Um, with that list, which side would you, which list would you rather have? Okay. All right. So, Sorry. okay. Let's go, let's go back. We'll do, do it by group. So read out the back six from this week and, and back then. And we'll do back six, we'll do mids, we'll do forwards. Let's see how we go. All right. Yeah, we need to pull up my West Coast Eagles. We're here. So round one, 2010, we played Brisbane in Brisbane, and yep. we lost by 30-something points. We got run over in the last quarter. We were two points ahead at three-quarter time. So a side named on round one, 2010. A back line of Mackenzie, Glass, and Brett Jones. On the halfback, you had Waters, Mitch Brown, and a young Shannon Hearn. In the centre, you had Ambly, Prittis, and Adam Selwood. At half forward, you had Nikoski, a young Kennedy, Luke Shoei. Uh, as our followers, sorry, at forward line, we had Nick Natanui, Quinton Lynch, and Mark Lacroix. In our rock, Dean Cox, Daniel Kerr, and a young Chris Marston. Interchange was Butler, Ebert, McGinnity, and Swift, Fred Dalziel, Schofield, and Matt Spanger were our emergencies. What a team. That's so strong. What a team. <laughs> Uh, comparing that to last week, the first thing that jumps off that I would say is on paper, our midfield somehow is actually better currently than it was back then. 
because Selwood was gone by the end. Kerr was still a bit of a legend, but the rest of them are, are pretty young. What would you say, Swift and probably Kobe Stevens? Or who'd you say on the bench? Swift and Tony Knott? Or what, what do we have? Tony, Tony Knott was on the left. On the bench, we had Butler, Ebert, McGinnity, and Swift. Well, there you go. Uh, I, would take, I would take our current midfield, and I would probably take our current <laughs> forward line, and I'd probably take our current back line, thinking about that. Migs, what's your stance? Yeah, on uh, I don't know. Forward line might beat us. What we have: Kennedy, Lacroix, um, Nat Nui, Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, I need Quinton Lynch is ties it in. He is the, because do you do you remember? Come round nine, round ten. This was his last season with us before he went to Collingwood. Um, Lynchy was playing that weird midfield Rover Ruck kind of gig I reckon, in that season. I reckon 2011, he was still on the list in 2011, but he was definitely rocking. 2012 as well. Now, 2011, he had the ball when the siren went and we beat Carlton in that semi-final. He had the ball that he everyone was. wanted him to have a pick for a point. But yeah, he was. He was a ruck. He was in essence a ruckman. He played a little yeah. bit of forward and then he'd just thump his body around at people. And he was a bit of a wingman as well at one stage, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yeah. That, that Richo. weird experiment. Yeah. He was. He was a big Richo. But but to, to bring it back, which yeah. side, full 22, are you taking? Current On paper, team. I think our, the 2023 side is stronger. Yeah, um, current The team. side that we put out there last week on paper looked pretty reasonable. Um, mm. I just didn't perform. So it's a hard question to answer because I can't remember. I've blocked out a lot of that 2010 season, so I can't remember yeah. how they performed. But It's difficult. We won it's difficult because, because you look and you go, well... We're all super excited about Jinby, for example. But yeah. we were all super excited about Chris Marston. And I love Chris Marston. I, yeah. Once again, going back to Waterman, such an unfair lightning rod of a bloke. But you look at that and you go, who do we have? Marston, Swift, Ebert, these sorts of guys. You yeah. can kind of, because you know where the career went, you kind of tie that in. Whereas right now I'm thinking, oh, Jinby could be anything. Jinby could be the next 200, 200 game, yeah. you know, whatever. He could uh, be the next Tommy Swift. He could be yeah. the next Tommy Swift. We don't know. He could be Dr. Reuben Jinby. Looks unlikely at this stage, but yeah. Uh, Current side for me. Who would you take, Mark? Right. What do you like? On paper, that 2010 side is so bad. It's really bad. And I, I, I distinctly remember watching us versus a rabble, rabble Melbourne side with about two fans and a seagull at the MCG. I remember watching it on TV. And it was one of the worst games of football I have ever seen. There were just no skills. God bless um, to answer your question, I take the 2023 side because there's more upside there. Yeah, McGinnity is a player that was solely drafted based on his ability to tag out Trent Cochin in the under 18. The great, the original Honey Badger 35. I won't hear a bad Thanks. word. Uh, and all that means is that is Noah Long our uh, Lacroix replacement because he's due for 12 goals this yeah. year. That's all that means. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, did. Beautifully done. GWS tips. Now, Mop, you said 21 points to the Giants. I don't love that. I don't disagree with it, though. I think it's a fair tip. Which eagle are you most looking forward to watching play? Uh, none, because I'll be at work. But if I was <laughs> watching it, um, most excited to watch play. Tom Barath, who's going to be busy. <laughs> nice, Nicely done. Uh, Migs, are we any chance? For me, this is winnable. That doesn't mean that we'll win, but geez, you look at the fixture and you'd want to start racking up some sort of win from somewhere. Is this the week? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think so. Um, I watched the GWS game on Sunday. Uh, they pulled. They had no right to win that game. They were running no, Adelaide as were. hot as buggery. Um, I think the one thing going for us is they lost a few and the players that um, will back up will be pretty exhausted after that. They get, even mm. though it's a seven-day break, they get one less day break than us. Um, but Whitfield uh, and Kelly think, out, both good, you know, yeah, really good options. For I, think, I think they're a better side than us. I think the, the, the performances that we're turning in at the moment, if we, you know, we can't afford to have a down quarter against anyone and 
yeah, I just don't believe that uh, we'll be able to put four quarters together. So, uh, no, I picked us. I picked um, us to lose by eighteen. Uh, player I'm most looking forward to watch. I'd like to, as I said before, I'd like to see how Chester goes moving around the ground, um, and hopefully he can get a bit more involved this week. Uh, I, in an act of defiance, sent a text pretty much on the siren of the North game. I uh, sent a text to a mate just saying, yeah, we're going to win next week. Don't worry about it. We'll win next week. You're no, Yeah, exactly. No, no. I, uh, I don't know that I still believe that. I'd like to believe that. GWS are favourites and they're rightly favourites and they're more talented. But by God, I just can't give us up. I'm just, I'm the worst sort of addicts. I just, we'll win eventually. It might as well be this week. Who's to say? I thought we'd win by a kick last week. We lost by a kick. So stuff it. We, we, we always owe, owe me a few goals. So we'll win by two kicks this week, by God. And I'm very excited, as you can probably tell, because I've brought him up a hundred times. Very excited to watch Noah Long. That Alessana thread is a gem. Go and watch it. Go and read it. Click through it. You've got great clips of all the Eagles players. You'll learn a lot. The Noah Long, start with him. Number 44 right, in your Bad, programs, number one in your heart. He's amazing. Badge, one question. You said we'll yep. win by two quick kicks, two kicks. Do you mean two goals or two Oscar Allen panic behind? I said what I said. Hey, <laughs> if you win by two points, you win, still get four points on the ladder. And that's all I care. Oh, a win's a win. We've won two of our last, what, 26 or seven games? A win's a win. A win's gold. Anyway. Uh, we're all winners anyway because we get to hear the GWS song this weekend, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, we'll leave it there, I reckon, gents. Thank you to everybody. One last who's question. Been... One, oh, last, yeah, right. yep. One very Sorry. last question. If we are winless by the bye, is Adam Simpson, yeah. Simpson our senior coach, come round 13? Uh, I answered this on Big Footy in a sort of roundabout way. If it was solely up to me, no. I'm not really concerned about the wins, but if we're winless, we're clearly not making improvements. You'd have to argue that. So if it was solely up to me, no. I think he has until the buy to show a change of style and approach and some improvements. Because of his contract and because of the soft cap, I I think he sees out the year. I think I think even a two and well, we've got an extra game now, right? A two and twenty one season, I think he would still see out the year, provided the kids play, provided he could sell a little bit of an angle plus a bit of a soft cap hit. What do you reckon, Miguel? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Nicely done. My answer is uh, uh, will be yes, should be no. Yeah, I think I think we're all swimming in the same pool there. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you to everybody who's watched along. Thank you for all the comments as well. Jump on the Spotify or on iTunes, however you're listening to it after the fact. Review the show, share the show, share the love. And uh, if you'd like to make your debut on the show, as Mop has wonderfully done this evening, get in touch. Jump on Big Footy. Check out that thread. I'm plugging the hell out of it. It's a beautiful thread. Check it out. Jump on Big Footy. Say good day. Uh, Mop, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Strong debut. Some good questions. Some good questions without notice as well. So thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And uh, to Bender, if you're watching, I promise to shout out your campaigner. Very good. <laughs> Nicely done. Good day, Bender. Uh, Migs, season debut. The uh, the hunt of the show. I said hunt with an H. Nicely done. Good, good versatile player. Good versatile debut from yourself. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Beautiful. Uh, We'll leave it there, guys. Thank you very much. Hope the Eagles win. Dear God, I hope the Eagles win. But one way or the other, we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Cheers, guys.